everyone. Welcome to the flight of the next podcast. My name is Denise. We have Holly in the house and we have Alex. So set the scene. Where are you guys? Holly? I'm on Gadigal Land in Sydney. I'm at um, work. Uh, this is my lunch break. <laughs> I'm in Tafanganui Atata, Wellington. Nice. Your your lighting is quite good today, Alex. Your your light is you're it? looking like a little, you know, angel cherub. Yeah, no. <laughs> it's a sunny day. Twenty three, twenty four degrees. Probably pales yeah. in comparison to Australia, but it's good to hear. <laughs> yeah. I'm in Napier and it's interestingly enough not very sunny. And behind me, I don't know if it's gonna be blurred in the final thing, but I have an iron. <laughs> Something I never, ever use, <laughs> but it's going to keep me company during this podcast. I, I was going to take it down, but then I'd have to put it back up. And I was like, yeah, we'll keep the iron. Okay, it, it might have an opinion on the Riley Foster red card, which we'll get to. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to ask the iron. <laughs> All right. So let's let's start out by talking about the women. I mean, that was a fun one. Um, you know, it was uh, in Poirou, you know, finally a home match, something to cheer. Um, Alec, you were there. Tell us more about the atmosphere. It was great. It was great atmosphere. Um, you know, Porirua Park, I don't think it really differs that much in terms of the atmosphere because the, um, the stand kind of gets packed out first and then people, the overflow, flow into onto the banks and stuff. And most of the atmosphere comes from the stand, so you can't really tell the difference between, you know, a 2,000 crowd or a 1,200 crowd or just a bit mm. above that, which it was today. But, yeah, good good atmosphere. Yellow Fever was in fine voice. Cool. They always are. Nice. Yeah. I saw a few bellies, oh, but we'll get into that later. <laughs> Hairy bellies, no. That's well, right. We don't hold a shame on this podcast. How did that tradition begin? Does anyone ever know anything about that history? No, I don't know either. No All idea. right. Well, we'll have to ask someone how the uh, how at the 80th minute that they it's the 80th minute, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, we'll investigate that some other time. So, just a little recap of the match. Um, it started out, I would say. In the Knicks' favor, but fairly, you know, nothing crazy Knicks' favor, but you could tell, you know, the Knicks were on fire. But at the 25th minute mark, there was a moment where we, where Canberra star Michelle Heyman looked like she could have scored. There was a little ball that went like uh, right out in front of her, and uh, Riley Foster, you know, switched on and came back and uh and stopped it and that was like a, a thank god moment because you know when you get down by a goal it's you know it's psychologically you know the stats aren't both psychologically and statistically it's not in your favor um then again i mean it's psychologically and statistically it hasn't been in our favor when we go into the halftime break when they're up mm, so i was a little bit worried we only we had one goal and i thought I really hope that uh, we're going to see this through, which we did. I felt a little bit frustrated in the first half because it felt like nobody wanted to shoot. Hmm. It was driving me crazy. It was all these little tiny little passes, like slick little passes around the top of the box that eventually would just 
be intercepted or not work out. Yeah. Honestly, just like screaming at the screen for some, like someone to actually just shoot. Well, there was there was a moment, and I'm going to just go through this a little bit. On in the twentieth seventh minute, um, there was a corner kick, and I really thought the Knicks had like there was a lot of points where I was like the Knicks scored. It was a it was a, a corner kick, and Rebecca Lake went up for it, headed it, and it sort of ricocheted off a Canberra player, and it went into the goal. And I was like, yes, we scored, you know, and it, it was um, it was called off. Kate Taylor was sort of muscling the goalkeeper. Um, and it, 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 like it was kind of niggly because that's the kind of point you put a big body in front of the goalkeeper and hope the goalkeeper were kind of run into them and, and sort of make it almost like a basketball screen. Um, it looked like that was part of the plan, but it was called back. Um, Alex, could you see anything or what was that like? I mean, everyone was celebrating. Uh, I didn't see anything in real time. You know, it's only after I watched the replay that I saw what it was for, but I don't, I can't really see that much in it. You know, there's challenges in and around the goalkeeper all the time. I reckon goalkeepers are far too protected um, mm. in the modern game. You know, I think it should have been a goal. Just, yeah. just run the mill corner stuff, yeah. really. Yeah, it feels. It looks more like Chloe Lincoln was out of position, and Kate just stood her ground. Yeah, and then Chloe Lincoln went to ground again. We will talk about uh, Canberra players going to ground too early. I thought that that was a pity. There's also another point at which, and I, at, that might have been in the second half, where the ball seems to have crossed the line but wasn't called as having crossed the line, and it's really hard to tell with the angles that you get. But um, someone did a screenshot and said, look, if you look at, like, use the shadows and you see that the shadow of the post is, Im like, immediately in line with the actual goal line and you can see the shadow of the ball well within that. It's, I, I don't feel as angry at Lighthouse or something for, for sometimes missing those close ones. They've got a lot on their plate when the ball is in front of goal. But that was a pity. That that potentially could have been another goal. Yeah, that was in the second half. And that was like, you know, Speck Meyer's nail in the coffin had it gone in. And uh, it was, um, <laughs> yeah, I was like, that's a goal. <laughs> but, you know, it, it was really impossible to tell. I mean, there, without that VAR technology and really seeing if the entire ball had crossed. But, I mean, the defender was pretty far in kicking it away and you know my amateur glance said that ball was crossed totally the line but i can i can see where people might not know um let's talk about the goals though there was uh the first goal was really beautiful it was in the 42nd minute and and cox um kind of went through some players came up towards the towards the center from, from sort of the side and then just like did one of those through balls, but not a through ball that goes like right to the keeper. Like it almost looked like it had like backspin or something on it. And it was a through ball presented right there for Speckmeyer in like the highest percentage area you, you can almost get on the field and she just nailed it. It's one of those ones where the through ball is played and initially like on the, the size of the the broadcast you can see you're like 
there's there's no one running for that. What a waste. But because Speckmeyer had made this really flat run across the front, all of a sudden she was there. And then she did that really nice thing where instead of hooking it to the far post, she just sort of like opened up her body a bit and like sort of a little bit like how Emma Main scored her goal against Mariners. Just like a little little bit of a curve, just a round. Yeah. Yeah, it was really good. It was really satisfying to watch. Yeah, really, really tidy finish. And, you know, for all of the criticism that Mariana Spikmai has received in recent times for, you know, butch- butchering some chances, it's a really, really tidy finish. You know, she opens up her body really well. The goalkeeper makes herself big. You know, it's hard to find, you know, that space. You could have gone, wanted to go far post, and then the goalkeeper covers far post, and then you got to adjust to go near post. And, yeah, it's it's a striker's finish. Yeah. That was gorgeous. Um, and then, you know, we go to the halftime. You know, <laughs> we're, we're, we're breathing. We're trying to get, you know, through this match. You know, in general, you think home, you're up. Things are going to be good. You know, crossing your fingers. I mean, what were you thinking at halftime? I was actually pretty confident, to be honest, like, Canberra, I don't know, first half, they didn't have any big chances, no shots on target. You know, we were completely dominating the game. They only had one shot on target in the second half as well. Um, I I was pretty confident that we were going to win the game, especially with our home form. We definitely needed, like, another goal. I I felt like 1-0 wouldn't be enough. And we have dropped a lot of games to, like, losses from, from scoring and being one nil up, so um, that extra goal was. And how good is it? I mean, with Mariana scoring now, because she did, she missed a lot of very good chances. But like scoring is a, a confidence thing often. So um, hopefully she's going to be on fire. And it's actually got to the point where she might actually wind up in the golden boot running. Wouldn't that be good if she if she keeps scoring? Yeah, yeah, that would be good. But she doesn't need to keep scoring. Let's just review that goal. It was the 51st minute, and it was a cross, um, a corner from Hope Breslin, who I want to do a shout-out to because she actually had a a good match. And she did a lot of duty um, at the corner kicks. And she put put in some really good ones, I have to say. They they were challenging. That one was pretty close to the goal. but yeah, both I think both Cox and Speckmeyer went up for it, and I don't know if it was planned that Speckmeyer take it um, or if they just both up there and whoever gets ahead on it gets ahead on it. I suspect the latter. Um, but she just nailed it in from her head and and nailed it in straight down, no like floater off the top or whatever. I, I think I remember it going down, <laughs> but I do remember it going straight in. So that was that was really a thing of a beauty. Yeah, we were completely on fire with the corners this game. You know, if we count the two disallowed goals, we scored three goals from corners, which is really, really impressive. You know, that, that'll that win you a lot of games just just from the corners alone. And yeah. um, Foster was out, Michaela, sorry, yeah, Mickey Foster was out for this game. So it's good to know that we've got some other good corner takers, you know, Hope Brisson on the left foot, Macy Fraser on the right. Exactly. I think Frazier did a did a nice one. I mean, she 
she again did the 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 one that looked like it Speckmeyer put it in and it looked like it crossed the line so that was that was from her side um all right so you're ready to talk about the wild stuff <laughs> let's talk about it 65th minute all right so who wants to who wants to describe it a little bit more um can't remember what was going on was it how it all started was it must have been a corner kick right it was either a corner or a free kick yeah i think it was, it was a, a corner. corner was it a corner yeah and so everyone's amped it's a corner um and there's jostling there's always jostling and the refs often have to stop and like wave people over and give them a chat. And usually in the men's game, it's like, though it might make the little VAR symbol or something like that and be like, you're being watched, right? Unfortunately, that's, you only get the talking to in the women's game because you can't threaten them with the VAR calling it back. Um, there's jostling. I think Foster does use, it doesn't seem like it's like the sharp, part her, of her elbow but she uses her elbow to push her away there's so little in it that it's laughable um nobody seemed to know what it was for i think even if you do say well she did use her elbow the way that the uh sophia christopherson rest in peace obviously she's died from that terrible injury um so we are we are thinking of her and her loved ones at this time and, and i hope that canberra and the next game can wear those little black armbands that they do when they've lost a player or oh, a minute silence when you stand around the circle the center circle and you do the minutes the minute silence i think that would be the appropriate action for canberra United to take to memorialize this, you know, this player who um, gives it all for the team, including her worst dramatics. Yeah, so she's been touched and then she stands there for a few seconds and then she goes and she softly lies down, clutching her stomach, and then she looks at the ref. <laughs> you can see she's down and then she just like tilts her head up to see if the ref's <laughs> I mean, I think giggle fit is the appropriate response to all those things later. Um, Keep going. Uh, Keep going. You're doing so well, Holly. I just, I mean, look, uh, the consensus from like commentators and stuff has seemed to be that this should not have been a red card um they did so it was going to be appealed by the club um it's really hard to get a red card overturned like really hard to get a red card overturned what they did was they downgraded it from violent conduct to unsporting unsporting behavior. Yeah. serious behavior. unsporting behavior i think so that's why it's been serious and what should have been regularly a two-match ban is now a one-match ban um, you know, maybe there's questions about the way that things are chalked off or not chalked off. I mean, there was a red card to Holly McQueen for a dog so foul for Brisbane Raw um, against oh, whoever it was in the Unite round. And that was chalked off. So she was given a red for a dog so tackle and that got chalked off. But obviously that's not been possible. And I think like if the ref had given a yellow card, I probably wouldn't have complained. It's done. It is what it is. 
I would have complained, even if it was just a penalty. You know, I don't think there's anything in that. Like, hats off to the oh, ref for, for spotting it, because you got to, like, actually, you got to you got to work to see something like that. I, I watched the replay probably three times. It took me four or five times to actually see the foul. <laughs> yep. I don't, there's, there's completely nothing in it. It's just, it's just normal play. Yeah, but it, it did have consequences, didn't it? I mean, she's not going to play for the next match and um, she had to leave. She didn't want to leave. That was pretty funny. She's like, what did I do? I'm just going to walk around and high five everyone. Yeah, I'm surprised she- that. After she went off the pitch, she went into the changing rooms, changed, and then she came back into the stands and tried to ask Piney what it was for because she just had no idea. Wow. That's interesting. So she, she walked right into the stands? <laughs> she was like... Yeah. Well, all the players sit just below the commentary booth. Ah. And she was so she walked to the up. commentator in the middle of the match to ask the commentator who was commentating yeah. at that time what happened. Yeah, because she um, just had she no did idea. Take a- I was a little bit surprised that the ref didn't hurry her off the field a little bit. There's always going to be a delay when you change keepers yeah. because they, you know, there is there is a little bit of a delay that's accepted there. But um, she kind of just stood off and didn't like, maybe she, maybe it was an inexperienced thing. This was her first time as a centre ref. Um, it's a hell we of a don't, call. I mean, look, it is a hell of a call. But she probably, I was surprised she didn't, hurry Riley off because it yeah. it took a really long time for Riley she, to leave. She probably knew that it wasn't actually a red card and she was just feeling a bit bad about it. But guilty. What do you think? I don't know. We we don't like to like criticize refs too much because I, I like to be understanding of how difficult that is. Yeah. Because yeah. she job, got out the, but... the yellow card originally as well and then well she got out the yellow card, everyone thought it was going to be a yellow card and then she pulls out the red card and does nothing with the yellow card. So it was a bit interesting. I don't know whether it was in the same pocket. Usually they have them in different pockets. So, like, you you might have your top pocket is red. But if you've got them both in the same pocket, she might have pulled both out for that. I think usually yellow card's up the top and red's down the bottom. So, but, yeah, yeah, maybe she decided. It's it's so hard to make those decisions in that moment, and the stakes are really high. So, again, I don't like to be, like, too critical of refs, but this, this was... To me, a pretty bad call. Yeah, so we talk about took a walk in the park, <laughs> had a blast. I mean, high fived everyone. You know, I mean, Brie Edwards was getting ready, or you know, like was she? Like Alex said again. Oh, yep. Were you watching? As soon as that? as soon as the red card brandished, I saw Brie absolutely jump up. Like the second. The red car was brandished. She jumped up from the bench and started warming up. Like she she was on a mission. Yeah. Chick is I mean, on a mission in general. She's, you know, she is, you know, someone who wants to play. She uh, is, you know, this year has made it onto the ferns. You know, she is not shy about, um, in a good way, you know, wanting to be out there. So, Alex, you want to you want to take it from here? How about you do the play by play from uh, from from what happened for the penalty? Yeah, um, well, I guess she kind of joins the field. The common or the the ref actually puts up when they're subbing Bree on, puts up number one, as in Riley's Riley Foster's getting subbed off, but she just got a red card, so that obviously can't happen. So that's a bit more 
amateurism. I wonder if it was the the third official's first game as well. But anyway, eventually Bree gets subbed on for Macy Fraser, which was a bit interesting because, you know, if we're playing with 10 women, you really kind of do want to have a full midfield because midfield is kind of like, you know, the work workhorse. But anyway, Macy was subbed off. Um, Bree gets on the line, does a few jumps. It wasn't the best penalty. You know, it was kind of, it was at saving height. It wasn't really too far to the, to the left and you know it's a good strong hand from Bree goes out for a corner and then from the corner she does a good punch as well first touch of the match and being someone yeah. who's not been starting like to just go out there first touch of the match and to pull that out and um, I imagine that the crowd felt as stoked as they sounded and, and the way that the whole team just like piled on her was amazing mm-hmm yeah, I think she knew she was going right. Someone, why do why do I think that? Like she told some coach said go right or something right. Because I mean, she researched done. Yeah, was it Kate Taylor? I saw something. I don't know. It was. I think it was a player. I'm not sure. I would have thought the don't goalkeeper coach would tell them the research. I think Kate might have just been giving her some words of encouragement. I could be wrong, but I would imagine that the goalkeeping coach would be the one who did the research and would say either way it's it's worked and it's worked for both teams i mean the conversion of penalties against the men and women collectively has been really poor yeah only one's gone in right and that was against newcastle for the men so So what's that i said the goalkeeping coaches are doing awesome work yeah, well, they awesome, knew awesome Rojas was going to go the direction she went in, and you know, Bree, you know, held her cards on that and and, and did it, and she was the team just mauled her. <laughs> I love that. That was that was great, and you know, like she was like, yeah, <laughs> she was like, yeah, she was like, I'm ready. <laughs> and all the post match interview, the post match interview is is just going to be one of the great. Wellington Phoenix post-match interviews of all times. It's going to be up there with like the Louis Fenton "That's fucked," um, the, <laughs> which is from a long time ago. But yeah, no, the way that she she just has this wonderful section of an interview where she swears, and then there's like this absolute horror on her face because she's <laughs> realized she's sworn. Absolutely, what a character! I really like Brie. Yeah, and I'm not. I'm not so worried about not having Riley for the next game because I know Brie is more than good enough. So Yeah. 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 It's I mean a she's curse and a blessing. Yeah. I mean we, you know we all want to see Brie out there as well. Um you know she did have this moment though where it was a corner later on in the match around the 74th minute where she goes out there and she kind of gets a little bit burnt. I don't think she got the ball at all. And she was left exposed, and we lucked out because um, Milivojevic, uh, I think, went in for a shot, missed it. Like, the ball went somewhere else. Someone else took a shot. But I think her going in for a shot fouled Isabel Cox um, pretty bad. And But the ball hit the back of the net, and for a moment we were all like, <gasps> and, um, and so that was a scary moment. 
Um, yeah, no, it wasn't Bree's best work. She kind of got stuck in no man's land. And once yeah. you once you get into that position, it's hard to get back onto the goal line because, you know, there's a crowd of people in the six-yard box. Yeah. And, I mean, you have to go back six or seven games before Canberra was last kept scoreless. You know, the, so that's really something to, like, so to make potentially that one mistake um, when you're up against such an incredibly good offensive team, especially with Milivojevic and um, Heyman, like, it's incredible, you know. They did a great job keeping the donut up there on the scoreboard. <laughs> like, that was it's just, you know, it was a real feel-good game for the Knicks. You know, there was drama, there was there was joy, there was the sort of underdog, you know, coming back. There was the, I don't know, it, it was, um, I think the fans really needed that, like something to sink their teeth into and and just have a, just something to talk about. Well, our next match is away. Yeah. So that's going to be against Newcastle Jets. That's up in, uh, normally they play in Newcastle. It's in Maitland, which is a little bit further away. So um, hopefully we get a good crowd up there. Yeah. How do you reckon yeah. we're going to do about the Jets? We can, beat the, we can beat the Jets. Oh, yeah. We beat them last time they Wait, did we beat them last time we played them? I think we did. I can't remember now. I feel like we, we did. I think it was 2-0 at Sky Stadium. Anyway, we can yeah. beat them. But again, our away form has been not great. So hopefully we can kick that. Are you going to that, Holly? Yes, of course. Cool. Yep. Fantastic. It'll be good. Yep, it'll be very good. Um, anything else about the game? And if not, we'll talk about our exes. Cool. All right. Let's talk about our exes. Holly? Alex? Oh, so let's see. Um, the F3 derby was on, um, which the Mariners won. Um, so that was obviously Izzy Gomez and Annabelle Martin beat Claudia Chico, and they got the F3 derby trophy. Now, the men's F3 Derby trophy is actually this piece of concrete, like this boar-shaped piece of concrete from the F3. So the F3 is what used to be the name of the highway between Gosford and Newcastle. So that's why it's the F3 Derby. So they had a, a piece of concrete and then they the wanted something for the women. Obviously, now that the Mariners have a women's team back, it is a piece of guardrail, which I think is just, it's so unique. I absolutely love it. So um, Marin is taking that out on aggregate. Cool. How good. Yeah. Yeah, it's good having trophies. This was the capital clash. Is there a trophy for that one? Or there's another one? It's like Porirua. There is there's one the team that we can cities beat. That's there's the one. Sister Cities. That's uh, against Wanderers, which we currently, yes. we currently have the trophy for. Great. Um, yeah, good. I reckon like more kind of derbies like that are really good. You know, competing for a trophy, people always want to see that. Well, Phoenix don't have much silverware. Sisters cities is probably the closest we've come. Yeah, I mean it's not the same as like winning something big, but, no, but... it can be kind of fun and it can be just like a small, like I mean literally when we won it, 
earlier this season. It was like the first piece of silverware we'd ever had. And it, I know it's a small thing, but being able to se- like actively celebrate that was a heap of fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that was the Western, it was against Western Sydney. And what was it? What was, I remember them. Huge. It was like a huge. It was, mass- it was massive. It was like as big as Mickey Robertson, I, I swear. <laughs> they brought it over to us and it. I'm sorry, what kind of derby was it again? As a trophy. I know, but why? Like against Western Sydney, why was it like a derby? Oh, the sister cities. Oh, sister cities. Yeah, yeah, sister cities. I think we should have something for the capital derby. Yes, I agree. But I we agree. have to think about what. Hmm. I think, Listeners, I think they'll let us know one. below what you think it should be. Yeah. With Canberra adding a men's team, you know men's teams kind of kick everything off so i reckon i reckon it's not far away <laughs> yeah it'll yeah I'm, I'm stumped you know like the the golden pen or something to sign all those bills or like i don't know look i got a stapler <laughs> you know if guardrail works how about, a, how about an iron but yes derbies are fun so um usually we don't talk about our exes who have totally left the league <laughs> But I'd like to um, talk about um, a couple of them. Who do we got? We have um, Satchel. We do. And, and Grace Neville. Grace Neville, yep. So Paige and Grace are playing for the London City Lionesses. And they've done extraordinary well in the Conti Cup. And they're in the quarterfinals. So they're in like the second division, uh, the championship, but I'm pretty sure all the other teams are in the um, top level, the Super League, Um, but they've managed to um, match up uh, against Arsenal. (laughs) So that's not going to be easy. That's in a couple weeks. Um, I think it's our, their 12th, maybe our 13th. Our 12th. Yeah, February twelfth. So, yeah, right. is that what it is? February, yeah. So it's a Sunday. They play on Sunday. It's probably going to be our Monday. I don't. I don't know. I don't think they have the exact time yet. Um, that's going to be <laughs> a big thing to do. Coming back, um, you know, playing Arsenal. Arsenal is on fire. They have Emily Fox. They have. Um, they have all sorts of people who are coming back. They have Cooney Cross. They've got a whole heap of Australian, like Matildas. Yeah. As well. So, anyway, but it's good to see, isn't it? Yeah. So that's that's great. We're, we'll, we'll definitely keep an eye on that match. I mean, it'll probably be at some ridiculous time in the morning, but um, we'll let you know. All right. Anything else? All right. Let's uh, Let's talk about the men. So uh, I went, so we beat Newcastle 2-1. Uh, I went up, we had a decent crowd of Knicks supporters, um, some who are local, some who had travelled from New Zealand, and uh, most had probably travelled from Sydney, like uh, Dino and I did. Um, I think we might might have been a little bit lucky to snatch a win. Um but 
it, it is what it is. We got the penalty roofer on fire. Like there was, I remember one point a few years ago where people were saying that Alex Roofer shouldn't even be in the team, that he's not good enough. And at the moment, he's just on fire. Like he scored two goals in like two hundred, sorry, one hundred and twelve games. His first one hundred and twelve games, and now in the last three games, he scored three goals. So absolutely massive. Um, and then the Zavada goal was really nice as well. So that was a really nicely played pass and a nicely put away goal. Alex? Yep, Zavada, it was a really great goal, actually. Um, you know, Sutton's kind of coming up the left. And I thought he was going to get the ball taken off him by two Newcastle defenders, but he kind of just shimmies his way through them. Or it was a bit of a, you know, it wasn't the best... The best challenge, but anyway, he gets past them, flicks a ball to Old. Old kind of does a wee bit of a run, then plays in a through ball to Zavada. And it was a difficult finish. Like, it wasn't the easiest finish. It was left-footed. It was kind of going across the keeper. Keeper probably could have done more, but from from the chance Oscar had, I think that's as good as a finish as you're going to get, really. Yeah, it was really nice. Um, and especially because that pushed us back to being in front that happened in front of us as well that was the end that we were down um the other thing that we were down the end for because this was in the first half was what really could have been a goal against us um nico pennington (laughs) passed the ball back to alex um paulson and of course alex can't pick it up because it's a back pass right but he's passed it back at like it arrives at alex at like chest height and then Alex has to like control the ball and then try and clear it and it's so crowded and of course he turns over the ball like as a stupid back pass he turns over the ball because he can't receive it in a way that's that's useful for him and then I don't know who it was that took the shot might have been Grozos took this like massive volley from outside the box that was all, for all money going in. But Scott Bloody Wilton had, like, dropped oh back gosh. to stand on the goal line and got this, like, header. So he headed it up and it, like, hit the bar and went out. We could not figure out how we managed to avoid conceding that goal. That was absolutely wild. It was a fantastic volley. Like, you know, from from that chance, that's as good as a volley you're going to get, I reckon. It was just a bit of a shame. Well, not a shame. Shame for Newcastle. Great for us. That it was just above Wharton. I think it was, if it it was to the other side, it would have been a goal. But that's a brilliant, a brilliant header. You know, heads it onto the bar. That's perfect defending, really. And Scott Wharton is playing really well. if, If your keeper is out off his line that you drop back someone drops back and stands on the line i mean you don't always manage to stop stuff it was very fortunate that it basically went straight to scott because honestly if it had been like maybe two feet either side there's no way he'd get his head to that but that was actually that was pretty wild i've been that that defender on the line a few times and i can tell you it's not as easy as it looks you know judging where the ball's going to go they got the whole whole net to aim at and the chances that they get it, that they hit it straight at you is pretty slim, really. I mean, that's what happened against Adelaide where Riley had come out like to the top of the box and then we had two defenders who went back to cover on the goal line and they couldn't stop the ball from going in. So that's, um, honestly, it was absolutely crazy that that 
That was who did you think was the player of the match? So I felt that was Rufa. I think he's just everywhere these days. Yeah, Rufa had a good game looking at Footmob. It says Rufa was player of the match as well, eight point six rating. Um he did get a yellow card though, so he's suspended for next game. So that will That's be a right. bit difficult. Oh. We've got Payne and I know it was a port challenge, he did not have to do that. It was in stoppage time or something as well. So we got Payne and Rufa out for next game. And, you know, the we're probably going to have Pennington or Mo Alte replace Payne. So I don't know what that leaves a midfield of. I guess Rufa and Alte or Pennington, whoever doesn't drop in to, to right back. And then I guess maybe Old or something. I really like Pennington, but... He does make some really bad choices sometimes. So I'm actually really surprised he didn't get a second yellow card. Yes, um, exactly. He was going at was the roof and that other player. tackle behind. And he's the one who played uh, the ball, that weird chest-heighted ball back to the keeper. I There's a lot that I like about Nico, but honestly, he just makes some crazy mistakes sometimes. I think otherwise he was actually pretty good where he was. It seems like we played five at the back. Like five at the back. Yep, I think so. I Kelly Hill dropped into centre back. It's good having a player that can that's kinda of flexible like that, can play left back and centre back. And that means Sutton dropped into left back quite really right, by the way. I think he's great going forward. Anything else to say on the men's game? Was nowhere near as uh crazy as the women's game. Obviously that was Absolutely wild and all over the place. Wild and all, all right, over so the place. Wild <laughs> and all over. Chaos League. Um, yes. Yeah, look, I, I think we were a little bit lucky to get the uh, to get the win there, but we'll take it. And it yep. gets us two points ahead of the second in place. So that's we're actually properly clear. And it's two wins um, on Melbourne Victory now as well. So even if they catch up to us on points and get equal again, we will have that extra um, extra two wins. So we're playing Brisbane Raw on Friday night. That's away. That's at Suncorp, the, probably the worst pitch in the A-League men, at least at the moment. It is – maybe it's improved, but it has been absolutely shocking to play on um, to the point where it's a wonder that there haven't been people getting injured. That's, that's a – different rant I suppose um yeah so no Tim Payne no Alex Rufa yeah how do we think we're gonna do I think we should beat them I honestly I think, think we, we should, should beat, beat them 100% you know you speak about being lucky but we're being consistently lucky like I don't know if that's if that's something you can talk about maybe like it'll even itself out eventually you know against Mount Victory we're probably a bit lucky to get that pen we're probably lucky to get the pen against Newcastle Pennington was lucky not to get a second yellow the volley was lucky that it hit Wooten. But we've, we've also been conceding a few lucky goals. The, our last two goals we conceded against Newcastle and against Victory. They were both pretty heavy deflections, kind of wrong-footed pulse. And, you know, luck goes – it goes both ways. And so it looks like – so we've signed a Costa Rican midfielder slash fullback slash 10. I, I, I didn't quite understand why, but anyway, he's uh, played in the World Cup. He's got a lot of pedigree, uh, plays for the best team in 
Costa Rica club team, I believe. Um, and from the presser that David Dome and uh, Sean Gill did this afternoon, it sounds like there was a decision from the owners to put some more money into the men's team to try and push us um, over the line to to win the league this year. So that's good to know that there's like enough faith because, I mean, these the owners, all the owners in the league are losing money. Like none of these clubs are making money. So the fact that they've got the faith to like shell out a little bit more of their hard-earned cash um, because we're winning at the moment just to see if it can get us over the line, um, that's really promising. we just got to get people showing up to games in Wellington. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a good signing, you know, Chiefy looked at him last season, or I think it was pre-season the season, or maybe it was the same time last year, um, but we weren't able to get that across the line. There were a few leaks that said he was coming to the club then, and I think he followed the club on social media, which is a pretty tell, telltale sign. But this this time he followed a fan club on social media, which I think that's more of a telltale sign than following the actual club. I think they tell the players not to follow the club as well because a few signings have gone leaked from that. But I think it's a good good signing. If Chiefy's gone from twice, you know, that kind of persistence shows that he must think that it's a he's a quality player and he'll add something to the team. And we, you know what, to be honest, like it's hard to see how it's going to pan out with women's visa signings, but at least for the men consistently over the last however many seasons, we've not signed any darts. Like, yeah. some have been better than others, right? Like, I mean, Uli Davila was massive. Davila was massive. Um, but then, you know, you've got people who maybe weren't so, like, massive, like Sandoval, but he was still a good player. Like, there, were, there haven't been any, like, fucking flop yeah, visa no. signings, which you sometimes get in the past. Sandoval was good. I actually really rate Sandoval. I think playing defensive midfield didn't, didn't give him any favours at all. He was, he was a good player. He was fast. He had some good corner deliveries. It was just kind of unlucky that he um, that he didn't really make as big of an impact as we would have hoped. I think Sassy or Sass, however you say it. Oh, right. Yeah, maybe Sass is more. Yeah, yeah, he was kind of a rock. I goal, What's the saying? I've forgotten the saying is. <laughs> um, I don't know, but usually we've done pretty good with, with yeah. visa signings. They've not been to it. They've been a good price. And they've been smart. We've not gone out and I, mean, I don't know if you remember a few years ago, uh, Perth Glory, their men's team signed Daniel Sturridge, who was like a massive star, right? Played for, was it Liverpool? Played in the England national team. And he was a total flop. He only played like a handful of games. He was injured the whole time. He didn't want to do press. He didn't. There have been so many like marquee flops and, yeah. and visa signing flops. I think that the club does a really good job of its research and I think that's going to pan out for the women's team as well. Yep, yeah. and you can add Nani to that last season. Melbourne Victory got injured pretty much straight away, did nothing. And Brisbane Raw signed some striker. I've forgotten Charlie what his Austin. name is. Charlie Austin, that's the one. He, he was pretty good. He cut his contract short, didn't he? He did. For personal reasons, yeah. Look, I mean, it's. I think we've done a good job. Yeah, we're not signing big names, but we're signing really solid people. People like Crave, people like Savada, and like I said, I think the woman will be going in the same direction with not big name signings, smart signings. Yeah, I wonder if it's like the language that they speak because Jan Sassi didn't speak a word of English when he came to Wellington Phoenix, and I think that 
that would kind of help you or kind of push you back, hold you back a bit. If I went to, you know, Spain and I, I don't speak a word of Spanish, I think that would, I, I don't think I'd be playing the best I could. But it's just kind That's of the thing. That's got to help. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's got to yeah. help. I mean, because yes. they've had like, this has been the thing with, um, there have been some Chinese players in the dub over the last few seasons. There was one that went to Canberra and was like, went home very quickly because she was massively struggling. And I think the language barrier was one. But now you've got Ergamol at Central Coast Mariners, who's absolutely thriving. So um, it could be more than that. I mean, you're traveling overseas, you might be leaving family behind. Uh, the weather's different and this is different and the food is different and, and whatnot. So it is a struggle for people to adapt, I'm sure. But the linguistic barrier has got to be a big a big issue. Yeah. And the red card on debut for Sarsi, I'm sure that did him no favours. Oh, that did not help, yeah. And and he was without his wife and kids for a while. Sorry, yeah. we can just keep on having reasons. <laughs> Look at these, but this is the same issue that faces the women's game, except they're being the women are being paid even less. Yeah. So, um, you know, if you're on a man's salary, you, especially like a, a foreigner salary, you might not be getting massive money, but you're getting enough money that you can probably support your family coming over. Um, let's bring it home. Um, thanks, everyone. Thanks, Alex. Thanks, Holly, for. Um, your thoughts and, and uh, giggles tonight. <laughs> and uh, we'll see you uh, next time on the flight of the Knicks. Uh, have a great day, great night, whenever you're watching it. Great morning. <laughs> Cheers, everyone. Bye-bye.